0: Hello everybody, welcome to episode 6 of the Canadian Real Estate Homefront Podcast.
1: Yeah, I'm Cortez Veneri.
0: And I am Brooke Hicks.
1: And we are just going to hop right into this. Lots let's, to talk about this week. Let's go let's right get in. into it. I
0: listen to too many podcasts where they do this large intro, intro like and subscribe, and all that, and I just want—I <laughs> just don't want to be like that. So we'll, let's just,
1: just- we'll do that at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. <laughs> all right. First topic on the docket: We got the U.S. Federal Reserve. They just raised their overnight rate by 25 basis points. Is Canada next to raise?
0: So that's been a huge topic, and even direct questions to me is, what does this mean for Canadians? Mm-hmm. And usually the Bank of Canada kind of follows pretty closely what the Fed does because, again, we don't want our dollar to be too far away from the U.S. dollar as the U.S. is our largest trading partner. So if we're bringing in all of these goods from our largest trading partner and our dollar is too far below, that's going to cause its own little wave of inflation, right?
1: Right, right. So
0: we like to usually follow behind. However, I... I think we're still on a pause. What, what's yeah. your take on it?
1: I think so too. I think that the the Federal Reserve is going to probably stop here and yeah. kind of reevaluate because, I mean, there is there has been banking failures. Right. So I think that this is probably the last one and done. Um, inflation has come down quite a bit in what Canada too. Now? Our overnight rate?
0: No, our inflation.
1: Uh, was. It, I think it was in uh, 4.1, I think it was. 5.1, I think. It was a 5.1.
0: It was five point one. Sorry. Yeah. I
1: going to misquoted that. Maybe but. it was four point one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Off the top of my head. I know it just always changes so fast. Um, so I think that like it's it's been good news, and I think it's been a good thing that that inflation has come down the way it has. So uh-huh. I still think Canada will pause. The only thing that kind of gives me um a little bit of worry is how hot the real estate market has been. So like mm-hmm. when they're looking at numbers, and I think that they'll be looking at like Trebs numbers too, because they're probably gonna look at real estate where it's the biggest. and and most expensive. So I could see them looking at Treb's numbers and just being like, wow, we have not slowed the housing market down at all, which is, I think, was a major part of a lot of these rate hikes as well was kind of slowing spending and yeah. and we've just seen this, you know, month over month Four increase. In yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe rate hikes aren't completely out of the question, but mm-hmm. I think for now, I still think it's going to be a conditional pause. I but. think we're
0: going to be on pause until the end of the year. I actually think that the next change will be downward. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going up anymore. I think we're going to kind of remain status quo over the summer, maybe yeah. into the fall. That's my prediction because again, <laughs> Inflation is stabilizing. Um, They don't really need to bring up the rates again other than just the housing market. And we have to remember that the housing market is only one sector of the economy. For sure. Right? So to hurt such other big sectors of the economy just because this one is out out of whack, I don't think that it makes much sense. I think that rather than raising the rate higher to cool down the market even more, there needs to be other solutions like going back to supply and demand, that's the piece we're missing. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily a direct relation to rates. It's high rates and uh, high sales and, and high prices. So that is ironic in a sense that it doesn't necessarily mean that the the rates have really cooled it. it's, it's happening again.
1: yeah yeah so to
0: hurt the other parts of the economy um, for this one sector where supply is our issue, I don't, I don't necessarily see them doing that, but obviously things, things Things can change. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Every week they kind of change for sure. So
0: I think there's a little bit more, um, economic, I don't want to say certainty, but the opposite of economic uncertainty. Right. Um, buyers are coming off the sidelines, even with these high rates. And I think it's because if you're a buyer and you're kind of approaching the housing market, if you think that within the three month closing period or two month closing period, your rate is gonna be different or things could change the, the house prices significantly, even if you go with a fixed rate, that leaves people to be like, ah, I don't, I'm not confident enough. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, since we're on this conditional pause, even though they're high, it's like, okay, at least I know what I'm getting into, right? Right. Yeah, I agree with that. So, um,
1: yeah, I think too, like, even like we've talked about before, even if, you know, we do see some rate cuts in the future, they're going to be small. Like I think it'll yeah. be like Fast 25, up. 25 right. basis points sort of thing. Like unless I guess another option is that if the, if a lot more banks start failing and we see a lot of, mm-hmm. um, you know, contagion within the financial markets, they'll be forced to drop rates and they might be forced to drop rates faster than they want. So mm-hmm. yeah, you're kind of playing this tug and war with inflation and breaking the economy. So, but right. I guess we'll see, I guess they, they, they felt the merit uh, in the States to raise another 25 basis points. But again, their real estate market isn't as sensitive as ours.
0: It's a lot different. There's way more houses and yeah. way more people.
1: Way more cities, less less variable rates. That's for sure. Yeah. Most people take these 30-year fixed rates right? because they have so much more competition within their banking system. So yeah, yeah I don't think it's going to be quite as detrimental over there mm-hmm. as as kind of we we saw here with everyone just getting crushed by their variable rate and still today they're you know yeah. underwater probably just hanging on right and so.
0: i th- i still think we're going to see you know inventories picking up i think we're going to see more and more inventory picking up mm-hmm. with these renewals even from 5 years ago 3 years ago people coming up to their term renewals i think people with their second properties that they bought even you know 2 years ago plus that they got the 2% interest rate fixed whatever it is had some cash flow now renewing at a 5.5 or whatever it is mm-hmm. you know not having that cash flow anymore but maybe having a little bit of equity kind of getting rid of that second property um, yeah. especially with even the cost of things being being so high so i i think more investor properties are coming to the market mm-hmm and
1: um, yeah more tenanted properties
0: more tenanted properties yeah. you're probably sure. seeing a few
1: of those in hamilton eh? yeah, yeah i
0: have one coming and, and they're locked into a lease and it's just you know variable rate and now he's majorly negative and mm.
1: you know yeah, it can't hang on
0: at least though you can sell them because there's not enough inventory so right. you're not going to default on your mortgage you can just sell now yeah. how much of a loss you take is is the question yeah. prices are still down however much they from the crept peak yeah, yeah yeah um, but yeah, no, that's definitely what we're seeing more listings coming, which is a good thing. Again, it comes back to supply. Um, but you know, I read a lot to do with how, um, the insolvency rate is expected to change, um, and go up from here. I don't know if you have, you know, your thoughts on, on the
1: insolvency. Yeah. I'd still look at a record low. Like every time I, I, I kind of see people, um, dive into it. And I see articles, so it is, yeah, it's still at a record low, which is which is pretty crazy to to think about in this high interest rate environment. So, I guess Canadians just have a lot of backing
0: <laughs> and a lot of equity too. Yeah, a lot of is, equity. Is yeah, that's If fair. you're not already in the market, it's tough to get in the market, mm-hmm. um, especially if you're by yourself to qualify for these rates or even buy a house. Yeah. But if you're already in the market and didn't buy at the peak of the market on a very low variable rate, that's just a small percentage of people that are very are suffering. Right. There's a lot of Canadians that have a lot of equity in. In their house. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Tons of equity. So, you know, the foreclosures and, uh, power of sales. I don't, I don't know if we're gonna, connect.
1: I don't know if we're going to get there, but yeah, we'll see.
0: I don't know. Yeah. So I heard too that, um, they're introducing this code of conduct for people that can't pay their mortgage. Did you hear about that? No. So it's this code of conduct of how, uh, Canadian regulated banks. So a lenders like TD, CRBC, BMO, um, and in all those, how they need to handle people that are defaulting on their mortgage right. that maybe don't qualify for renewal. So like we talked about a couple episodes back is the push of the amortization schedule. Right. Um, and so they're coming out with, it's called a code of conduct where how to handle um, mortgage defaulters and what they're going to do if there's a big, huge uptick in them.
1: Kind of to help them out. To
0: help them yeah, out, yeah. right? Keep
1: them in their home, not let them default.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. So I think- That's
1: kind of been the story of yeah. of this year almost, is like, why haven't we seen these forced sellers? It's mm-hmm. kind of been like, because the banks are working with these people. Right. The only market that I think we'll, we'll see um, contagion and forced selling is obviously if you took a private mortgage, because those guys are, are willing to risk it. They're not willing to work with people.
0: Private mortgage um, lenders can pull the mortgage at any time. Mm-hmm. And that's- that's the thing. They're or meant to don't. be
1: short-term, right? Yeah. 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 So interesting. Yeah. I guess we'll we'll monitor these these rate hikes and, yeah. and see what happens. And we'll see what this code. Of yeah. Sooner or later, it's 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 either coming down or it's going up.
0: Well, we we were talking about the people that locked into a fixed variable, hmm. right? Yeah. So a fixed variable rate is when you're on a variable rate, but you have a fixed payment. Yeah. So I'm going to pay three thousand dollars every month, uh, regardless of how much it goes down or up.
1: Yeah. Right. Just and more goes to interest.
0: Which more goes to interest or more goes to principal, depending on the overnight rate. Mm-hmm. Um, but then your trigger rate is when you're paying a hundred percent interest.
1: Yeah. And then that's not allowed. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's not allowed. You so got to
1: yeah. pay some sort of principal down.
0: They have to push your amortization. So now all of a sudden your 25 year, uh, mortgage now becomes a 30 year mortgage mm-hmm. because all of that principal none has been paid down. So it gets added to the end yeah. and come up to renewal. You're not allowed to sign a 30 year amortization. You have to bring yourself back down to that 25 year right. and then all of a sudden your payment that you're used to jumps up even more higher rate and you're bringing your amortization schedule down so now your payment changes drastically drastically yeah. so there's some changes that they're talking about this code of conduct but it's not really introduced yet so we'll, we'll see and it's yeah, just we'll a see. way to handle yeah. people in this situation. 100% all
1: right so you know we were talking about supply here too so there was um, there's a guy I believe Dave, his name is David Rosenberg and he's an economist um, he's very well respected. I didn't re- really know too too much about him, but I heard I was listening to a podcast and he was uh, a big proponent during the 2008 subprime mortgage loss mm-hmm. in, in the States. And he talked a lot about it. So he wrote a piece and it was Trudeau's immigration policy worsens housing affordability crisis. And he had a nice quote here. So a nation where folks in their thirties are crowded out of the housing market because of an elongated period of excess home price inflation that is a result of the federal government policy is not a very happy nation. Um, he mm. basically went on to say, this will all come out in the wash in the next election. And if I, I were in opposition, this is the card that I would be playing.
0: Interesting. Well, it, it's so true. I mean, even even the last um, federal budget announcement, there, there wasn't much to do with supply. There was the, the bank account for first-time buyers. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't much on how to um, increase supply. They've now mentioned this um Home building accelerator program. Mm-hmm. That's a four billion dollar budgeted program that essentially will add a hundred thousand, a hundred thousand new homes on top of what they plan to already build in the next seven years. Which I don't see as
1: moving the needle. Hundred
0: thousand homes in seven years as an accelerator program that costs five, uh, four billion, which mm-hmm. equals forty thousand dollars a house. What does that mean? That doesn't build you a house. So yeah. where's that money going? Is it?
1: Yeah, you know? it's, it's, a, it's honestly a mess, right? Like, you have this huge demand supply imbalance, and, and you have, you know, 500,000 newcomers coming in every year. Uh-huh. Like, who's talking about this? Like, don't we have a housing minister to say, hey, this, uh-huh. we might need to put the brakes on how many immigrants are letting in? Because there's, you know, the, there's people here that can't even afford a house right now. So uh-huh. what? are what are we doing opening up the floodgates? And again, it has nothing to do with being against immigration because we're for immigration. Like it, it, yeah. it, it grows, but if you don't have a housing plan, you can't just be letting more people in who all need a house.
0: Right. And his Trudeau is saying that he's bringing in specialized immigrants because we need more people to build because mm-hmm. we lack uh, enough workers yeah, right now right. to even build the houses. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've heard the opposition say in the next ele- election is um, he's going to cut a lot of you know the output and where the money is going because it needs to be allocated to supply and it needs to.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So even adding a ton of non-used government buildings, something like six thousand right. buildings, yeah, that yeah, really yeah. Use, sell them off put and put them into the residential market.
1: That's Pierre Polyev, yeah, right? You're yeah. Talking about? yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Um. Cut twenty. I think you said billion, it might've been million in, um, consulting fees. Yeah. Uh, the carbon tax was raised again, April 1st. So the carbon tax as much as, okay, great. But if you're taxing energy, you're taxing everything, you're kind of,
1: yeah, you can yeah. be on either end of that one. I won't, yeah, I yeah, won't yeah. You could, that. yeah, you can get on either end of that one. Um,
0: but yeah. So even, even back to the the budget, not, not much was, yeah,
1: not much sad. was said. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Like we, we talked about this before. I wonder if, You know, I feel like a year ago you probably couldn't talk about us immigrating too many people. Like I feel like you just get a negative spin on it. And now people are just looking at housing and being like, Yeah, we do not have a plan. Like this isn't this is nothing to do with anything other than like this is not gonna be feasible and this is only gonna get worse if we keep allowing this and and building at the rate that we're building at. So
0: So because supply is just so low in comparison to demand, what I think you know, the pressure has been from where Trudeau is, is to, or even like banks raising rate, they want to decrease demand, Mm -hmm. like put that energy into increasing supply. It's all about demand, downward pressure, downward pressure. And and okay, because demand needs to go down if we want inflation to go down, because as demand is up, you know, even jobs and everything will start to be inflationary. Yeah, so demand needs to be cooled for sure. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah everything we talk about comes down to To supply supply and demand 100 percent. we learned it in preschool yeah
1: like the first economics 101 (laughs) so i do wonder though i like i think it's a good uh like what this guy said this rosenberg guy he was he said that um it'll be you know the platform that i guess you know probably the conservatives are gonna Mm -hmm. be giving the liberals a a run for their money in the next election like i want you want to talk to those young folks right like that Mm -hmm. that's got to be your message almost because you got to get out get them out there to vote. Right. And I think that a lot of young people, probably a lot of young people who listen to this podcast too are, are, are thinking yeah. the same thing. Like how, how are we going to afford a house? Like right. it's this big, big underlying question.
0: And so, you know, I like what Pierre has to say. Honestly, I mm-hmm. do. I, I like what he has, like his points. They make sense. Yeah. However, if I'm a young person, and I want to buy my first house. It's like, okay, everything you're saying makes sense. Add more units, great. Um, cut costs that, has been spent by the government, yeah. great, all good, but give me a plan, right? Mm. Give me a plan, lay it out for me. And so yeah. the one thing I will say that I like that's in effect right now, uh, I'm not gonna get into it too much here, but if anybody does want information on these, they're they're readily available for people. The, f- the government programs, You know, yeah. use the people that'll match your down payment. The government will give you 10% if you have 10%. They'll give you five if you have five to buy your first house. Right. Yes, they're an equity holder, Who who get in
1: yeah it's better than nothing it's
0: better than nothing
1: it's interesting i I, even as a realtor i've never really heard too much about those programs there's
0: four government programs and there's even some other companies that'll match your down payment you have to give them a share of your equity when you sell Mm -hmm. but get in the market great sell in three years pay them off or or just rent for three years yeah so i am a supporter of these programs that are in place i don't think enough people talk about them how am i gonna buy a house how am i gonna buy a house well Buy a house using the government's help. Give them a share of your, your house. No, I don't want to do that. So maybe you actually have to look at yourself too. Well, there's, there is an option. There's a lot of things that the current government can't directly control. Prices are going up again because supply is low. It's not going to be an overnight fix. Yeah. So if you want to buy a house now, there are programs that can help you, especially with the down payment, which is one of the hardest parts. Yeah, yeah, save. it
1: is incredibly hard
0: um so maybe maybe we'll talk more about in depth on which ones
1: we, we yeah like, we should yeah yeah yeah.
0: i find people are more like they don't want the to, they <laughs> don't help. they don't want the yeah. help
1: well i feel like i've never even heard of them so i feel like they're almost they're not a, talked about yeah at all they're right. almost a failure then if, if, if <laughs> we're not talking right we're not talking about maybe like maybe they don't want to <laughs> yeah. do it but yeah, i think I it's know. a good
0: program like matching people's down payment to get into their first house mm-hmm. Great. Right. You yeah. get a percentage of your equity or pay it back within a certain amount of years. Right. But these first time savings accounts aren't really doing much. If you match no. the down payment, you're actually helping people.
1: Yeah, you speed up that process. Cut the
0: cost of this government consulting, cut the, you know, all this raises on energy tax, cut those and put it in homeowners' pockets that need help. And then obviously give a time period to pay it back or a share in equity. Sure.
1: Mm-hmm. If you
0: can't do it on your own, there is no harm in getting, getting help. And no,
1: no, no harm, no foul.
0: So yeah. that's the one thing I do like. Yeah. 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 That's,
1: that's a good one. Yeah. We'll definitely try and touch upon that, um, yeah. going forward. Yeah. Like we'll do an episode on, on those mm-hmm. ones. So maybe it can help some people try and get into the market, which Yeah, totally. that would be, cool. yeah, yeah. That'd be awesome. All right. Next topic here. This one's not really related that much to real estate, but I still think it, it, it kind of is so food bank usage continues to rise at an alarming rate in Ontario cities. So this is probably not just Ontario, but it's probably, you know, around Canada. But in March of 2023, the Daily Bread Food Bank reported that a total of 270,000 visitors for the month, the highest in history in over four decades. Rerunning back to pre-pandemic, the corresponding number was 65,000. So before the pandemic, oh 65,000 people visited a food bank, uh, we're in May now, so a couple months ago in March, 270,000 people visited a food bank. Today, one in three people at food banks are first-time visitors. Wow. Pretty wild, eh? Yeah,
0: and it's sad. And, you know, I go to the grocery store, and I am blown away at mm-hmm. the cost of food still. So as much as, yes, in inflation is kind of coming down, food inflation is still pretty pretty up there. Yeah, And I think it relates back to, you know, we have a tight labor market too. We do. Right. And so people are still spending, right. Mm-hmm. They're still paying the, those prices for food. And <laughs> I don't know if we're going to see huge decreases in in food inflation. Food inflation yeah, we it's, might not. Yeah. It's crazy how expensive grocery bills are so that, you know, it makes me sad, but I see why. And part of it, we have to look at the food we're bringing in from other countries. Okay. Well, if you know, our dollar, that's why we want to stay close to the Fed, but there's, um, Canada's, you know, service price inflation and our corporate pricing is very high. Um, and so that needs to come down for food prices.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is true. And, and, and just to touch more on this article, they kind of had four different factors as to why this is happening. So factor number one was inflationary impacts. The government's rampant spending in the years leading up to and during COVID nineteen, have been an early warning sign. So they talked about programs such as SERB, um, and really just you know spending a lot of money and putting fuel on the fire. Mm-hmm. Number two was stagnated wage growth. Mm. Number three was rental market increases.
0: Mm, that's probably that's probably a huge one.
1: Yeah, yeah. As you know, as the Bank of Canada raised its benchmark interest rate, uh, mortgages have gone up. Home ownership became progressively more expensive through the course of twenty twenty two. And the last one was recent layoffs, yeah, so those are the kind of the four factors they talked about. Wow. But yeah, it, they, there was someone in the article just to finish up here. um, they talked about having a variable rate and how it went from twenty oh. two hundred bucks a month yeah. to thirty five hundred bucks a month. And they had to start going to a food bank because they were like, well, it's the only way I can keep my house is to not buy food. And I can oh. go to this food bank, and I can get free food. So it's that pretty, is so pretty heartbreaking.
0: Sh- you know what's crazy is that a lot of these people that are at the food bank are young professionals with a university degree yeah it's not you know you're i don't know if it's stigmatized i don't yeah yeah food bank all for it i like that they have that Mm -hmm. in place because it is tough for people it is a tough time for canadians i very first to admit it yeah um but yeah it's not like they're not educated and Mm -hmm. you know a lot of them it was like a high percentage of people it's Young yeah, professionals and even
1: taking on these student loans too even which is you know some of them yeah. are outrageous you know 30,000 40,000 in debt Yeah, especially if you're taking like a line of credit too which some people had to take
0: totally and yeah. I just think there needs to be a complete change from the traditioner, traditional way of life yeah you get yeah. out of university you get a job you buy a house you have a family you live in that house until you downsize yeah your kids right
1: yeah I don't um, think, I don't think our finish. generation is going to have the same, uh, the same kind of tra- trajectory that our parents had. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're like you just said, you know, go to school, get a good job, mm-hmm. you know, stay at that company for 30 years, pay your mortgage off and, and then mm-hmm. sell your house and retire sort of thing. It's, it's, yeah, it's not going to be world the same. Has the world, has changed. The world yeah, has changed. Yeah. Very much so. So it's, uh, I don't know. I, I thought that was like, not yeah. exactly like completely correlated to real estate, but it was, but it is. It I is mean, yeah.
0: It's, you know, you're cost of living has gone up so significantly that mm-hmm. you know your, your is, housing
1: costs $3,500 a month you know when you factor in that taxes and about. everything like what percentage of your income are you spending on housing and you know your car to get to work you know when, what did CMHC say that it should be 30-40 percent of your income and now people are probably 60 plus percent of their income is going towards housing especially if you're renting you know making minimum wage you know definitely mm-hmm. You're feeling these effects, you know, so much to the point that we're seeing 270,000 people go to a food bank. That's, you know, all of... one month? Um, yeah, in March reported a total of 270,000 visits for the month. So, it's like all of Oakville. I know Oakville is a, a wealthy town, but, you know, there's that many people in Oakville That's all scary. going to a food bank. So, that is a- pretty wild. Yeah, it's a lot of people. So, you know, even from the 65,000, it's uh, scary. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of people. Yeah, so people are feeling feeling the effects of inflation. They're feeling the effects of rising prices. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's kind of a reflection of why the Bank of Canada is working so hard to bring down inflation.
0: Yeah. And so another thing too, is that a lot of people are up in smoke about, you know, what's going on right now, but it needed to happen. Inflation was 8%. Yeah. So as much as this sucks for everybody right mm-hmm. now, who's, you know, been affected by the increases and in everything. Yeah. Inflation, having continued down that same trajectory was also unsustainable. So I don't envy the people that are making these policies and and trying to balance the market at absolutely all, because no matter what, there's going to be people on either end. So I do not envy them, but this needs to happen. Like monetary policy needs to be tight Mm. for demand to decrease, cut spending. You know, it it needs to happen. And eventually, and I think their goal, I mean, they're not out to hurt Canadians. They're, They're essentially doing this for a reason and it's to balance out, you know, supply and demand a little bit where this, this type of tight, tight market, it doesn't need to happen. So I think it is a means to an end. And hopefully, you know, we can see over the next coming years as this, this was like a little blip and it didn't put too many people out of their homes and it needs to happen, which is the sad thing. Yeah. Fact, it is so crappy, but what is the alternative after COVID? Look at Look at where inflation was. What is, what could we have done differently yeah. after a worldwide pandemic that was unforeseen?
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, a direct result of inappropriate amount of spending.
0: Yeah. yeah, and so, like I was saying, is the in Sweden, they don't see inflation, which I'm like, that's so interesting. And mm-hmm. because they have their own dollar, the franc, so they didn't, they put policies on their money where they didn't print, print, print.
1: Was it Sweden or Switzerland?
0: I think it was Sweden sure sweden has the frank okay <laughs> <laughs> gonna call me you out. keep
1: talking you keep talking um, anyway
0: so they didn't print overprint money and so i was basically an analogy to overprinting money is that if you have if you have five phones and you have ten dollars in the marketplace, every phone would cost two dollars. Now you print more money. You have twenty dollars yeah. in the marketplace, but still five phones. So you have an increased supply. Now those people will spend four dollars per f- per phone. Right? There's more money in the marketplace, mm. which causes inflation. So I think we we did p- overprint money for for sure. Is it Switzerland or Sweden? It's it's
1: going to be Switzerland because the Swiss. It's Switzerland. No, the it's Swiss, Swiss Swiss franc. <laughs> it says <laughs> Are what? You sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure the the Swedish Krona is the currency.
0: Swedish Krona or the Swiss Frank. Swiss Frank. Sorry, everybody. Okay. It is Switzerland. <laughs> really? I thought I read Sweden. Well, no, I remember,
1: I remember hearing a lot that the Swiss franc was, um, uh, you know, the Switzerland okay. had, had like a 2% or less inflation okay, rate sorry. during this whole thing. Cause they, they didn't print money. Though.
0: Switzerland didn't print yeah, money.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like at a very vaguely. They terms. sound the same a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Switzerland, first, first
0: two letters are the same. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, ignore, ignore that. Ignore but, there, yeah. but it is interesting to look at these other countries because they have the exact same supply chain as mm-hmm, us it's yeah. the same supply chain so you know bringing in goods from other countries yeah. you know it's the same kind of thing yeah, we're yeah. Doing and, 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 they and they the did
1: american the right. america did the same thing right They they spent a lot of money they were sending checks like my uncle was like he does really well for himself, and he was like, you know, thank you, Biden. I just got you know five grand in the ma- in, in the five grand check in the mail, and you know, yeah. we kind of wonder why we had this crazy inflation. Well, you know, it's it's not a direct correlation, but it's it's quite obvious that um, government spending done irresponsibly right. leads to high inflation. Yeah. yeah,
0: and you know, if say everything went a different way, and you know, we didn't have CERB and all of these programs to help people, and like all these. Places where there was a ton of money allocated for. If we hadn't have done all that, what would have been the end cause or detriments of going that way? Like, yeah, we'll know, never know. We'll never know. Yeah. And would we have said, if you only just helped us more? Yeah. So I'm. Last week I was very um, pessimistic. Now I'm like, okay, well, there's no real. So there's no solution. It's just you can't change we, it either. We, we can't balance.
1: go back in time. Yeah. How, right. how do we? How do we do better going forward? How do
0: we do better going forward? Yeah. And I think it's you know, more programs like what the government offers mm-hmm. as matching your down payment and helping you um, and tightening monetary policy to de- decrease demand and spending needs to happen to get back down to, you know, that 2% rate, which is a sustainable rate. Yeah, it's sustainable once yeah, we yeah. get
1: there. Once we get there, 100%. Yeah. So
0: hopefully it ha- happens sooner than later. So yeah, this is just a time that we tell our kids about
1: yeah it's just this you know sad story to read which which (laughs) yeah that's what it just felt like it was like oh my god there's that many people struggling and probably not even talking about it because they're probably almost like you know there's that embarrassment factor
0: there is and you know yeah but i just the other way wasn't sustainable no either so
1: here we are yeah anyways moving on to something a little bit more affordable so (laughs) Here's another topic. So there's a good article here. The most affordable Canadian markets for single income apartment buyers. So we did a few short videos on median incomes versus, you know, housing prices in in different provinces. Remember we did that one? Yeah. And so many people were trying to roast us. That's not right. That's not correct. That's only if there's two people and all these things. So here we are. I'm trying to make up for it and talk about if you're single. And here are some of the five most affordable for single income apartment buyers. Oh, so
0: last time we only did.
1: Well, it said the median income. And everyone's like, where are you getting these numbers? And everyone's like, high. Uh, that's what they said yeah there's no way it's that much here and stuff like that so I don't know Uh, that's what the article that's what the article told me my sister sent me that what that article
0: sent me our video and said really it's this high in Toronto it must be
1: well I I don't know yeah
0: actually no this what is the median is just the The middle middle number when you organize them from lowest to highest there's
1: probably more people living together than there are single people living alone I median would think.
0: household income yeah. we should take the mean which is the average yeah the median is the middle number so there could be you know it's kind of
1: yeah it's pr- it's a hard number to ever get right so anyways we're trying to make it better here so here we are <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my god so yeah it's what does it say here Single-family apartment buyers are located in the Prairie Provinces. Meanwhile, the five least affordable are found in British Columbia, Ontario. Not a shocker there. <laughs> yeah. With a benchmark apartment price of $183,000 and a median income after tax of $42,800, Edmonton was deemed the most affordable city for single-income buyers. It would take just 2.6 months to save the 9155 required for the minimum down payment. So I'm guessing that's the 5%. Mm. Regina followed with a single income buyers who make forty two thousand four hundred needing to save for two point nine months to afford ten thousand four hundred and ten dollars down payment, and the average apartment would cost two hundred and eight thousand dollars Wow, yeah, and the last one here with the median income of forty k it would take a single income buyer in Saskatoon three point four months to save eleven thousand two hundred and seventy five dollars. Required for a down payment on an apartment, which costs $225,000.
0: Interesting.
1: Mm -hmm. So you're looking at, where is it? Saskatoon, Edmonton, and Regina. If you're single, those are two places you can buy an apartment for uh, what it says relatively cheap. Don't roast me.
0: (laughs) But you have to live in the prairies. Yeah. Which, I mean.
1: People do it. People love it. yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting.
0: Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. So, how many months? I wonder if a single income in Toronto. Okay, I think it's a little higher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think what would it be? Probably seventy. Oh my
1: god! It, I I think it was like if you wanted to buy a house. Yeah. I think it was like twenty years or something crazy. Twenty years. Yeah, yeah. It was like a house, though. Is- so it was a house, so like it would it, it was obviously not the same as the apartment, oh, oh, but god. it was something crazy like that. Like you would need to save for that long. To uh to do it. So it's like something insane, but we'll have to pull up that article you know another time. I watched
0: a TikTok yesterday and it was basically someone saying, if you're a single person on a single income, don't buy a house. Yeah. Just give up. Just renting give up, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, well, I don't hate renting either. No, I mean,
1: nothing wrong with it. Right? If yeah. you're
0: if you're already invested in the market in other areas, you know, cash flowing properties and you know, buying a single family home and paying a mortgage that you don't really have any stabilization as you do as properties that are under the rent control. right? Um, And then, you know, how much it's supposed to, you know, go up as a single family residence. And and I don't hate renting. I just think getting in the market is good for long-term wealth building. Yeah. But yeah, it's um, like
1: a forced savings account. I think renting too, the only, the only thing that you always worry about is if you do get kicked out of the home, right? Like say you're so
0: having to find somewhere else.
1: If you've been renting for five years and you right. got the, you lock in this low rate and, you know, you're only paying 2% more per year in appreciation just, you know, yeah. to your landlord. And then all of a sudden they go, oh, I'm going to sell it. Yeah. And you're paying two grand. And then now you're looking at rental prices and they're 2,800 or, or
0: right. the
1: rental market has just moved so fast. Yeah, so
0: so in Oakville, um, along Kerr Street, which is has, has been a transitionary neighborhood for a long time now, they're trying to take down these low rise apartments and put up these bigger ones, Mm -hmm. I guess. So there's been renters that have basically been grandfathered in for 20 years. So now they're saying we are going to offer you guys compensation to move out because we are selling the building essentially, or we're selling it to a developer to build a condo Mm -hmm. in its place. And a lot of these people have been used to, you know, you know, maybe on disability or whatever the case may be, um, but paying 800 bucks a month. So they're saying their compensation to these people to get them out is four months rent. That's it? That's it. <laughs> which won't cover one month. No. Where you going to
1: find something else. Yeah. Right.
0: So I'm wondering, I'm actually, it's actually, you know, close to home, which yeah. is like, that's very sad. What are they going to do? Because. Number one, you're not going to qualify no. if you're on. No you know, one's
1: going to take you in.
0: No, and it's tough. And you know, if you're on disability or any of that, you know, landlord should be okay with it. But I'm with an overheated rental market.
1: They're going to pick the best tougher. candidate They're who going, makes the most money. Yeah, and the it, best credit. It store. is sad. I yeah. see
0: the salt of the earth people, and you know, ones on disability, and mm-hmm. understandably so as to her situation. But there's it's tough to get a landlord to accept her application over somebody that just has full-time employment yeah and so a lot of these people won't be number one won't be approved to get another lease even if they can afford it yeah but for it to jump up from 800 to a comparable place going for 2800 now that is a shock to the system and what do you do are they going to go to a homeless shelter i mean this is actually something that also needs yeah to be talked about is we want to add more supply great so let's take down these short-term rental buildings where there can be you know more density but, but what do yeah, you do what
1: do you do with all those people like how, right. how are they gonna like what's the average price of a one bedroom even in in oakville right now 23 2500 bucks a month
0: 2500 probably i'm so burlington my condo will rent for about 2500 bucks and it's a one bed 600 square foot condo yeah like how do you
1: go from 800 bucks a month to that it's a shock. <laughs> it is a
0: shock to the system. Yeah. So that's. I'm also seeing um, more applications come in from people that have the city helping with rent. And this is in Hamilton, Ontario specifically. So I've had two people rent basement apartments. And when looking at the application to my landlords, it's, it is a basement apartment. So we're not going to see high income earners for the most part now, either they're young or whatever the case may be, but the city actually pays half and they mail a check to the landlord direct. So it is more secure, but I'm thinking this is interesting. So the city is helping in some ways. One of them was a single mom, one of them leaving an abusive relationship, but I liked to see that there was help because, no, it's great to hear. And, and then I feel, I'm like, listen, like it's guaranteed. I understand their situation and, um she wouldn't be able to afford it on her own no way especially with a kid but the the city was helping her and he gets a monthly check only for half she has to come up with the other half yeah yeah but still still yeah
1: she still gets a place to live and
0: right so i don't know if maybe something like that needs to happen yeah but then it's like how do you just because you were grandfathered in do you get money and how
1: do you balance it out yeah (laughs) yeah anyways there's
0: just too much
1: so many moving parts so many
0: moving parts it'll never be you'll never please everyone
1: Mm-mm. you never will so yeah. here we are <laughs> anyways anything else on your mind anything else going on
0: uh, i think
1: I think that's it for me that's it for you yeah yeah i mean in terms of the market i'm just seeing some crazy prices uh, not many price drops on stuff it seems more like multiple offers on on the good product and yeah. offer dates are well they have been back for a while now but they're back everything has an offer
0: date however some people are trying the offer date and they're not getting it yeah today i had an offer put in on a house listed at 699 there's five offers we were at 750 okay not bad not bad um so he called me back and he said hey um we didn't get what we were looking for so we're not taking any and i'm like
1: Oh, yeah. Money. It just backfires. So now
0: he's going to list at 800. Um, I think you need to have a good listing to do that strategy because there's also one on my street, um, doing an offer presentation tonight. Um, I saw two offers go on it. So
1: it's not a lot. Buyers right?
0: are still being picky. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's right? still not still. I mean, yeah, the offer date thing I hate. <laughs> it's just such a, <laughs> such a gamble, but, uh, especially not especially, but like, yeah, during the COVID days, it was easy because mm-hmm. it was just bananas but now it's a little bit harder so yeah. i think it's uh i don't love the strategy but sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't
0: i think if i'm working in the best interest for my seller i'll be honest with you mm. i'm doing it right you're now. doing it yeah. but i'm also depends on the property. my yeah. listing yeah, is yeah. gonna look elite yeah yeah <laughs> because there's people that are trying it where it's like
1: yeah you why are you doing it yeah
0: <laughs> you didn't even estate. stage
1: this home it looks terrible and you're gonna right, hold offers right. yeah yeah. but
0: in my seller's best interest in a market like this where there's low inventory you do it so yeah. and it's unfortunate for buyers too on the other side but that's why you know again back to your real realtor needs to really understand the value of the home and not, yeah it's not just overpaying like last year
1: yeah even even if a, a client i know their budget's 500 and they're sending me something for yeah. fi- it's listed at 500 i'm taking them down the journey of hey yeah. here's three other ones that sold in the street for 650 dollars Like I'll be happy to show you, but it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. So.
0: Or it just won't happen.
1: Yeah. 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 It's probably, you know, you're just, uh, just a bidding war at this point. So most people get it though. Most people are like, Oh, okay. I know. I see the value, you know, yeah. their neighbor, Johnny got <laughs> way more money down the road. There's mm-hmm. no way they're going to take.
0: Right. And so buyers like hate sellers right now. Right? Yeah. And, and it's
1: for a long time they've hated sellers because sellers have had the upper hand. <laughs> I know.
0: But then in like, december january february buyers are like nope
1: yeah i have
0: too much choice yeah <laughs> yeah wanna,
1: that, was a, that was, was a slow market that was slow market. how fast it turned around is kind of scary but it was slow
0: so funny yeah i think that i predicted a busy spring market and you predicted we're gonna decline a little bit more. <laughs> just to just to add it
1: in salt nose <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know i didn't know that the banks are going to artificially inflate the market by extending everyone's amortization <laughs>
0: Yeah, but again you can't go get a renewal at a 35 year amortization like if they're helping people and it's a quick relief okay mm-hmm. it's not going to be a thing
1: won't be forever
0: and back to you have to refinance to re mm-hmm. you don't just get a re yeah if the value's down so those people are still in the weeds yeah We might see a little bit of those
1: yeah we'll see see where this market goes it's going to be an exciting summer
0: <laughs>
1: <I'm> nervous. <laughs> we always are <laughs> anyways um, you got anything else no all right cool well keep, thanks so much for watching if you're on youtube please like and subscribe here's keep
0: the roasting cortez yeah keep, uh,
1: keep roasting me on <laughs> tiktok and instagram but if you do want short clips we're actually like all of our videos are just like i guess blowing up for us because we're not famous but like they're getting some really good (laughs) they're getting some really good traction there so follow us there for more and yeah if you have any comments or anything like that or if you're on spotify or apple music please consider leaving a review thanks so much for watching i guess we'll see everyone next week thank you bye
0: how long was that i never think we're gonna be able to talk for that long Except yeah. your are